Well, um, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, special welcome if you are a visitor, first time or second or third time. We're glad you're here. Um, hope you are refreshed and blessed. My name's David. For those who don't know who I am, um, I long, a long, long time ago was a Western grad, uh-huh. English, education, Woodring, secondary teacher. Okay. Any teachers in the house? All right. Okay. Um, it was a lot easier to get into Woodring back then than I think it is now. So, um, and then I did the internship. And then I came on staff, and I've been on staff for, well, just a lo- many, many years. That's what we'll say, okay? And I love it. I love college students. I love the time of life. It's pivotal. It's amazing. So I am happy to be doing what I'm doing. Um, I'm married to a wonderful woman named Shelly. We'll celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary in May, so I know, yeah, and um and we got a photo, I think, yeah, up there of my family. Just kind of thing you do when you know. So, yeah, that's my fam. I have four kids, and uh, they're all growing up, and that makes me feel old. But I, I love them, and they're wonderful people. So, so a little bit, that's, that's me. Um, and so we're, gonna, uh, we're in a new quarter, right? And a new year. I hope it's starting well for you. And so, and now we're going to start a new series, okay? We kind of had the first two weeks, but now we're jumping in and starting a new series. So our series uh, is called, entitled, I always, we all sit around, what's a good title? What's a good title? And we always, you know, this is what we came up with. Uh, filled up, is another slide there, filled up, living spiritually full, okay? Filled up, living spiritually full. So this Quarter, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, okay? And here's kind of our underlying premise. I'll just kind of give it to you, is that a life of increasing spiritual vitality, power is possible. We can live a spiritually full life, but only as much as we cooperate with and open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit and his work in our lives. In other words, for the presence of Christ to be real, to us, for us, for the power of God to be realized in our lives, for the purposes of God to be realized in our lives, we are going to need the Holy Spirit. So, but who is the Holy Spirit? What does he do? And that's why we're having the sermon series, okay? Now, I realize as soon as I say what our topic is, we have a real diverse group of folks here, and you're from probably very different, you know, backgrounds, so because of that, we probably have a real spectrum of reactions right, right now. I'm just anticipating, right? So some of you, you just might be curious. Uh, you know, you've not heard a whole lot about the Spirit, um, whether you grew up in the church or not. I grew up, I grew up in a Lutheran church, and, you know, he was just kind of a, a tagline in the benediction, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you know, bam, good, out the door. Um, and so I didn't really know a whole lot, and I didn't, you know, and maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you're just curious, like, oh, I'm intrigued, I'm wondering. Others of you right now, you feel nervous. You can feel your heart racing. Because maybe you grew up in a tradition, 
where when you hear the mention of the Spirit, you're kind of condition, conditioned instantly to kind of have your, your antenna, your radar is up. You know, and you've heard some stories like, ooh, yeah, Holy Spirit, like, ooh, overly emotional stuff and crazy things like speaking in tongues and doing somersaults and hanging from the chandelier, which we don't have any chandeliers, so that's not going to happen, so we're safe, okay? But the reality is it kind of makes you nervous and a little uncomfortable, okay? Or maybe some of you are feeling just cautiously hopeful. Like, eh, you know, I'm kind of in a place in life where I'm feeling a little stuck or a little stagnant. Uh, you know, you might, be a, you might say you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, but you just feel like you need something new and fresh and revitalizing in your life and in your faith. And so, eh, maybe cautiously hopeful that maybe this, this Holy Spirit has something to do could, could be helpful. Others of you, maybe you're excited. Maybe you're saying, finally, they're talking about my favorite topic, the Holy Spirit. And you're, you know, you're the one who does the cartwheels during worship and bounces around. And it's like, I wish they wouldn't bounce around so much. I can't even see the words because they're just, woo, you know, okay. And you're just ready for, us, for me to get on with it. I, so I don't know where we're at, okay. Um, but I'll say this, wherever we're at, I do believe this series is, will be helpful and is for you. Better yet, I believe the Holy Spirit is for you. Or let me put it this way. I think the Holy Spirit is for you, and he is for me. He's our friend, and he's our ally, and he's our advocate. So we're going to kind of plunge in, and I'm going to kind of give us just the, the kind of the sentence that's kind of our takeaway. So you don't have to memorize this, but this is kind of where we're going, and, and we'll kind of unpack this, this, this idea. And it's this, is that the Holy Spirit, because we're going to talk about who and what he does, okay? Uh, tonight and through the series. The Holy Spirit is one of the loving persons of the triune God who, just like Jesus, comes alongside us to be our closest helper. Okay? So you can bust out a core English 101. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. Okay? But the Holy Spirit is one of the loving persons of the triune God who, just like Jesus, comes alongside us to be our closest helper. Okay? So we're going to go through that statement and, and, and just talk about that. And we're going to use a text from uh, John chapter 14, verses 16 through 18. And so John is, is the fourth gospel in the New Testament. Uh, the gospels are historical biographies of Jesus. So we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then we have John. Okay? And, and kind of the context of this is in the chapters and verses surrounding the one, the verses we're going to look at is Jesus is talking with his disciples, telling them about things that are about to happen. So he's, he's, he's talking to them about his uh, looming, impending execution that is going to happen, that he's going to be crucified by the religious and political leaders of the day, that he's going to be raised to life again. And then shortly thereafter, he will leave this earth and enter into another dimension, which hopefully you are not doing right now. Okay, that you're still in this dimension. He's going to leave and enter the realm of heaven and be with his father. And so kind of with these approaching events in view, he's talking to his disciples who are going, what in the world is going on here? And trying to encourage and comfort and speak to them. And it's in that context of that that he starts to speak about the Holy Spirit. And so let's look at uh, the verses. We'll read it. They'll be on the screen for you. And we'll just talk about it a little bit. Okay, so... John 14, 16 through 18. 
Jesus, this is Jesus. He's the I who's, who's in these verses talking. He's talking to his disciples. And he says this, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Okay, so we'll just kind of we'll look at that and talk a bit about it. So uh, one thing I maybe want to highlight is, first of all, the Holy Spirit, who is, is referred to here in these verses by Jesus as the counselor or the spirit of truth, is a person. Okay, he's not an impersonal force. I mean, you know, we got Star Wars, right? The Force Awakens, and you know, a force you can either for, could use it for good or for bad. But, but that's not probably a helpful way of thinking about the Holy Spirit. He is a person. If you notice the that text, if you notice there the, the there's uh, five personal pronouns when Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him. Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So the Holy Spirit is a person. In fact, specifically, one of the loving persons of the Trinity, of the triune God. And another thing we could notice is in this verse, we get a little snapshot of the Trinity in action. If you've wanted to see the Trinity in action, it's right there, okay? You've got the Son... Asking the Father, the Father giving the Spirit, and the Spirit coming to live with and in us. And so I'm going to just take a moment um, to, to reflect a bit on the Trinity, but the goal of this, the whole goal of this is, is simply to appreciate that the Holy Spirit is a person who is in fact God, one of the persons of the Trinity. So, um, so I'm not going to give a full explanation of the Trinity. You know, we're not going to get our eggs out and, you know, well, it's kind of like the, the yolk and the white and the shell or steam, water, ice, all those kinds of things that maybe some of you have heard and some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. And that's okay. Okay? You can just ask somebody later, what was he talking about? Eggs. I don't even get it. Okay? So we're not going a big full explanation of the doctrine of the Trinity. But I will say this. You know, Christians from early on have believed and understood that the one true God who's created all things exists in a plurality of three distinct beings revealed to us as the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. So not three gods, but one God, but who exists as three distinct personal beings. It's easy, right? It's clear. We totally got it. Oh, I got it. Bam. All right. Okay? And these three beings have, from all eternity, existed together in a dynamic relationship of perfect harmony, interdependence, and mutual self-giving love. And so for Christians, part of our story and our understanding of our reality is that at the very center of reality, at the very center of the universe, there has always existed, does exist, and always will exist a loving relationship. That is what is the ground of our existence and our reality, is a loving relationship, Father, Son, and Spirit. Okay, you want to see a picture of the Trinity? Okay, thank you, Jake. Jake wants to see it. Well, there's a, there's a well-known icon that attempted to depict the Trinity, okay? Uh, Andre Rublev, 
I don't know, I don't speak Russian, but a Russian painter in the 15th century, okay? He painted this icon. So go to the picture, please. Um, and it's called, I don't know if you can see that, it's kind of bright on there. But anyway, uh, it's called Troitsa, which is Trinity uh, in Russian, I imagine. It's also called the Hospitality of Abraham for a reason we'll see in a minute. And it's actually, you can go, it's a, in a gallery in Moscow. You can go and the next time you're in Moscow, you can go look at it. Okay? So there it is. There's the Trinity. Okay? Um, and they've been really, you know, they, this thing has been, they put gold over it, points. They pounded nails into pounded, you know. So it's kind of, it's, it's seen a lot of action in its, you know, multiple centuries being around. Um, and it's actually quite, quite famous. Okay? And this painting by Rublev is based on Genesis 18, which is, tells the story of three angelic beings who come to visit Abraham and Sarah to announce that this elderly and childless couple would finally become pregnant and give birth to a son named Isaac. So the greatest longings of their, their heart were going to come true finally. And so these three angelic beings come to announce this, and that's in Genesis 18. And it's interesting, if you can go there later and read it, but uh, in the account uh, in Genesis 18, the author will at some point refer to these three visitors as the Lord. So they're talking, and then they're there, and then all of a sudden you realize that the author says, and the Lord said, referring to these three visitors, which is kind of an interesting way. It seems to equate these three beings as a manifestation of God. And so from for early on, Christians have understood this to be, at least some, as an Old Testament reference to the Trinitarian nature of God. So you can go read that, Genesis 18. And it's pretty obvious that the thing that Rublev really is trying to depict in this picture is the Trinity, because I don't even see Abraham in here. He's not even in there, and Sarah's not in there. But it is really based on, on that account. And so when we look at it, you know, the, the painting kind of, it, it highlights that you can't see it real clear. You can go Google it and you'll, you'll you know, they have all kinds of images there, okay? Um, and you'll see that the faces of, of the, these angelic beings are pretty much the same. And, and you'll notice they don't, they, they look away from themselves to each other. It's hard to see it, but, they, but they're not looking at each other, at themselves and looking to another member of, of the threesome. And they kind of form this interlocking circle, Right? And if you could see it closer, the wings kind of overlap, so they're interlocking. And yet there's an opening, right? There's an opening. We can see the meal that's going to be served there. Of course, it's probably a, kind of a picture of communion, a meal that Christians celebrate. Um, and so there's an opening. And so there's some room at the table. And of course, in the story of Genesis, we know that Abraham actually comes and has a meal with these three beings. And it's at this meal where this good news and this blessing about they're having a child is given. And as is true in most biblical stories, really we're being invited to see ourselves in this story. That we're to see ourselves as Abraham and Sarah. We're to see ourselves as those who are visited and who are chosen and who are invited to come to the table to kind of to join this divine circle of friendship. And blessing. That this could kind of be our story. That's how we actually we should read the scripture. It isn't just about events back there. But it's always inviting us to see this as our story. And it's really, in one sense, this is kind of 
I would say it's a picture of the Christian gospel, the Christian message, right? That the God who made us and makes all life has come and has visited us in the person of Jesus, the second being of the Trinity. And it is the Spirit, the third being, person of the Trinity, who invites us and draws us to the table, into this reality, this place of blessing and life. That it is, in the words of our text in John, it is the Spirit of truth who wants to reveal the truth of who God is, what He's done, and what He's offering us. So a little bit of, you know, the Spirit is, is one of the beings of the Trinity. And it is, it is His work, and we'll see this throughout the quarter, to draw us and to reveal to us what God is like, what He's done, and to extend that invitation to us. And so I just want to pause here for a minute. Because perhaps, you know, some, maybe there's some here you would say, well, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a Christian. Um, and perhaps you've thought of God uh, as somebody who's distant or cold or solitary, impersonal, unconcerned, self-absorbed. And I, I would, you know, I think at this point we just say, you know, it's actually just the opposite. This, this image and this reality of God would say to us, it's, it's actually just the opposite. That God, by his very nature, is a community of love and friendship who welcomes us into that friendship. And so even though maybe you say, I haven't known there even is a Holy Spirit or been aware of the Holy Spirit, I would say this, I would suggest that he's at least been with you. That he's maybe hovered over you. He's watched over you. He's cared for you. He's constantly seeking to invite you into kind of a fuller life. You know, and maybe there's times you had this experience where you just sensed that there was something more to this life than getting up, going to school, going to, you know, get, going to work, trying to make a buck, that kind of stuff. And you sense there's something deeper, more profound. Or, or, or maybe you've had a sense, maybe you've had this, of a presence that wasn't your roommate, you know, <laughs> and it wasn't the mold growing in the corner of the room, okay, <laughs> that there was a presence in this world, something oh, maybe even out of this world, or maybe you've had times where you've just felt, you know, seen something beautiful and it's welled up in you, or hope is welled up, or, or a longing is welled up in you. You didn't ha- couldn't have a name for it or just really say what it is. I would want to suggest that that's the Holy Spirit. That's the presence of the Spirit hovering over your life, wanting to draw you into this reality of this loving relationship that's at the center of the universe. And so I'd, I'd want you to maybe think maybe that is the Spirit saying something to me. Or maybe others of you, you're, you are a Christian, but you're maybe one of those nervous ones about this Holy Spirit stuff. And, and maybe you would say, you know, I'm, I'm good. I, I'm really good. I'm good with the Father. I'm good with the Son. Two out of three ain't so bad. I'm good. You know? Okay? And you're kind of at that, that point. All right? I, I, would, I want us to look at this image, and then I want you to think back over uh, at, at um, Maybe your break at Christmas break. And I imagine, I'm hoping anyway, that for most of you, there was some point where you sat around a table, okay, and with family or with friends, and there was laughter, there was talking, there was food. It was just a good time, okay? Hopefully, hopefully we all got to experience that at some point over break. 
Now, what would it have been like if there was somebody at that table that you didn't want to talk with? Or that made you nervous or made you uncomfortable? And you kind of did this action to them. You know, you didn't, just didn't want to interact with them. That'd be a real bummer. That would have diminished the joy and the fullness of that experience, right? Right? And maybe some of you actually had that. And you're going, yeah, I had that. And it was not so fun. Okay? I'm actually afraid that some of us do that in our relationship with God. In regards to the Spirit. Whether it could be out of fear, it could be out of ignorance. Whatever reason, we we don't really want to engage the Spirit. Maybe wittingly, you know, knowingly or unknowingly kind of give Him the cold shoulder. Don't really open ourselves up. And I would say, in those cases, we don't experience the fullness of God. How could you? How could you enjoy a full meal at the table when there's that one person you're not going to really have much to do with? And at those points, we miss out on the fullness and the joy and the blessing that God has for us. It's really only through the Spirit that the presence of God is even real to us. It's the only way we can experience Him is by the Spirit. And so if we want to know more of God, then we, we're going to have to, in a sense, do business with, relate with, understand, and trust the Spirit. So, the Holy Spirit is one of the loving persons of the triune God that helps bring us into the fullness of this circle of, of loving relationship with the Trinity. The second part that I want us to look at is that the Spirit is a just-like-Jesus helper. That's the phrase I want to use. The Spirit is a just-like-Jesus helper. Jesus says this, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. So remember, in the context of what's going on here, when Jesus is saying these words, he's with his disciples. He's been with them, you know, for several years now, daily teaching them, guiding them, walking in friendship with them. But now he's about to, to leave. Physically, he's going to leave. Enter into the, another dimension with the Father. And at this point, then, he promises another one who would come be with him. This other one would come and, and would teach and guide and help them. And wouldn't just be with them, he would in fact soon be in them. Jesus was with them, the Spirit would be in them. Jesus was with them for a while, but the Spirit, he said, would be with them and in them forever. So he actually thinks, at another point, he says, it's actually better to go away. Let's look at that word, uh, another. He says, I'm going to give you another counselor. Another, in, in the Greek word for another is alon. And it literally means another of the same kind. Not a different kind, but of the same kind. So in other words, Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you one who is just like, of the same kind as me. In other words, he's really just like me. If you know me, you kind of already know him. In fact, he says that in our text. He says, but you already know him. You know him. He's been with you. In other words, if you like Jesus, you like the Spirit. If you don't like Jesus, you might not like the Spirit. If you accept Jesus, of course you accept the Spirit. 
If you embrace, to embrace one is to embrace the other. To reject one is to reject the other. That's why Jesus says the world can't receive the Spirit because they didn't receive Christ. They're one of the, you know, of the same type and stripe. You know, I thought of the phrase, they're, you know, peas in a pod. And I thought, that's probably not very sacred or reverent and maybe theologically accurate. But it's that, that way, you know? And some of you have friends and people are like, you guys are just like each other. You know, when I see, you know, I see one of Jeff's brothers and he's talking, I'm like, those two guys are like obviously brothers. Same manners and same expressions. Bah! You know, Jeff Mumley, okay? <laughs> right? They're just like each other. Now they're different, but they're really kind of cut out of the same mold. And that makes sense, right? Because the spirit and the son share the same nature. It's called God. And so it makes sense that they're the same. In fact, in Acts 16, 7, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the spirit of Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. And again, I I think I just say that for those who have fears about the Spirit. He's just like Jesus. So if you're already cool with Jesus, you'll be cool with the Spirit. Okay? If you have questions about Jesus, you're going to have questions about the Spirit. And hopefully this will be helpful. Later in another talk, we'll talk about the fruit of the Spirit. And no, he's not, he's not, you know, an apple orchardist in Wenatchee. But the fruit of the Spirit has to do with the character. And the, the, the character of the Spirit is said to be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That sounds pretty good to me. That sounds like the kind of person I would like to hang out with. And that's who Jesus says. That's the one who's coming to be with you and in you. He also, he calls this, this just like Jesus person, he calls this, this Holy Spirit the counselor. Counselor. So the Greek word for counselor is parakletos. That's fun, huh? can bust that out. Para means to the side of, and kaleo is to summon or call. So it's to summon or call somebody to the side of someone. So what helps me think of it is paramedic. There's that Greek para, right, to the side of, and it's a medic. It's a medic who comes to your side. Why don't you get yourself to the hospital? Well, because my legs just got cut off, and I can't make it. We'll call a paramedic. They'll come to your side where you're at, right? They'll come alongside you and offer you aid. Okay, I know that's ridiculous, but it just helps me, that word para, parakletos, the one who's called to be alongside us to help us. And in the, in the Greek world, the paraclete uh, was a, f- a friend who would go with someone to function as a mediator, an intercessor, an, an advisor, or a helper, usually in some kind of legal matter. So they weren't a paid lawyer. You know, that's probably the antithesis of friend. They were an actual friend who said, I'm going to come along and help you in whatever your dispute or issue is. And I will give you, uh, I will intercede on your behalf. I'll function as your advisor and your helper. And so Jesus says that he's going to send this spirit, this friend who will come alongside of to bring us counsel, aid, help in our day-to-day lives. So lest we think, you know, we get the picture of, you know, the Trinity and we're floating up in the clouds, really the spirit comes and lives with us in our day-to-day lives. And, I, you know, it reminded me of a, of a, a time... Um, 
when I had a friend come with me in what really had the potential to be a pretty tense and, and uh, conflict-filled situation. So I, I had a, a big red truck, and the transmission went out, and I'm like, I'm going to get it fixed. And so uh, I'd use this one mechanic, kind of was a side mechanic, you know, a little cheaper, kind of out of, you know, his, his, his back, you know, yard kind of thing. And uh, so we took it there, and oh, yeah, we can get it fixed, and, you know, one week, two weeks, is it fixed? No, not really. Three weeks, four weeks, yeah, we're having trouble getting it fixed. It's not shifting right. And five weeks, six weeks, is it done yet? No, seven weeks, eight weeks, okay, I'm done. So I, I finally go in there, and I say, hey, here's, here's the deal. Or I, I think I called them. I said, here's the deal. I'm going to come on, we agreed on a day. I'm going to come, and one of two things is going to happen. I'm going to pick up this truck, and it's going to be work, and I'm going to pay you the agreed on amount. Or I'm going to pick up this truck, and I'm not paying you a dime, and I'm out of here. And, and so we kind of agreed to that, but, you know, anyway. So I was getting a little nervous, like the day was coming, and so I, I had a friend of mine, uh, his name's Caleb, and, and Caleb's, uh, he used to be an intern on staff here at one point, and he's just a really big guy. Like, his shoulders are out to here. <laughs> Got a big red beard, he's just a big guy. And he's also a mechanic, like really good with cars, and I'm like, Caleb you come with me? I don't know about cars, and I'm not that big. And so he came with me, and oh, it was so comforting. Because, in fact, they hadn't fixed it, and they were still having troubles. And here we were standing around the truck, and it was the mechanic and, like, three of his shady buddies, and me and Caleb, and we're like, okay. And, boy, what a comfort to have big, strong Caleb with me. And I grabbed the key, and... I was out of there, man, and that was the end of it. And, yeah, I never took any car back to him. Okay? And we sold the truck, and there you go. In a much more profound way, but still true to that way, uh, how good and helpful it is to have the Holy Spirit with us, helping us. So when I think of the Holy Spirit, you know, I mean, Caleb is not the Holy Spirit, but it's a helpful image it's an, emotionally, it's an emotionally helpful image of what the Holy Spirit, he, he is there to help, to counsel, to be with me, and in fact, as a believer in Christ, to be in me. He's our helper, and we all need help. To be human is to need help. To, be, to try to be a loving person, I need help. To try to be a faithful husband or a good parent, I need help. To be a good student, you need help. To be a good brother or sister, boyfriend, girlfriend, friend, roommate, you need help. Let me ask you tonight, where, where do you need help? Where do you need a come-alongside helper? A loving person who will come alongside. Now granted, we have each other and that's, that's good, but... You know, we're only human. And sometimes the help we offer just doesn't seem to be enough. Where do you need a powerful kind of help? You know, maybe some of you, you need, you're in a difficult relationship, maybe with a family member or a friend. And you need help working that through. Or maybe some of you find yourself at a, at a kind of a crossroads and, and you're confused about a future decision and you need wisdom and good counsel. Granted, you can get some of it here, but you need some divine wisdom, some divine counsel. Maybe you're here and you find yourself 
trapped in, in a destructive, addictive kind of lifestyle. And you just desperately want out. And you need some moral power and strength to break free. And you, you can confess it all you want to another person. And it's helpful, but they, they don't have the power to make you just be done with it. Or maybe you're here and you just know there are certain things true about God. You know it in your head. But what you need help with is getting that truth to sink into your heart so that it actually can be lived out in an experiential way. You know, some of us just live up here. Our faith is up here and it's not down here. It's not an organic, breathing, living reality. And maybe you're here and you don't even know what you need. You just know you need. I just need something. You need you know you need, you're longing for some kind of spiritual revitalization, renewal. You know you need some help to live this, this Jesus kind of life. Or just to do life. Maybe you're not even a Jesus person yet. Whatever our need is, Jesus points us to the presence of the, the Spirit. This come alongside you helper. We need the presence. We need the power of God. The only way we can experience the presence and the power of God in this day and age is by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is not here, right? I mean, he's not here. Physically, anyway, he's not here. But he is here by his Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. And so it's only by the Spirit that we can receive his love and his help. And so I want to I want us to respond. So we'll invite the worship team up, and we're gonna just kind of wrap this up. But just um, here's some thoughts as we wrap up, as we get kind of plunge into the series. Kind of my goal is to help us understand a little bit who the Spirit is. That He is a loving person of the Trinity, which is a loving relationship that is at the center of this universe and that he desires to be at the center of our world. If we've invited Christ into our lives, then the Holy Spirit already lives in us. And yet there's this, always this, this, this wanting, this drawing us deeper into who God is and the blessing of God, into this circle of friendship. Maybe for some of you, you haven't yet even joined, you haven't even come to the table yet. And so there's an invitation for you. The Spirit, perhaps, you know, is, is nudging you. Maybe you're beginning to, for the first time, hear and recognize His loving voice urging you to go to the table. It's, it's wonderful. It's a great place to be. Or maybe you're here and, and you say, I'm just, I'm just not totally sure yet, but... I haven't had a lot of conversation necessarily that I'm aware of with the Spirit, but I know He is God and He's loving. And and so the invitation for for you is to become more aware of this counselor, this come-alongside counselor. And I would say to, to begin to consciously trust and cooperate, kind of open yourselves up to His work and presence. That's kind of where we're going to go this, this quarter in this series, is becoming more open to who he is and what he does in our lives. 
you know, and as we go through the series, we'll talk more practically in some, some you know, uh, different ways about how we begin to open ourselves to his work in our lives. We'll look at the scripture and see what it has to say. For tonight, for our response, I think I just want to, I want us to pray. We're going to, we're going to pray. This is a really good response. And in fact, we're told that the spirit helps us to pray. We don't even know half the time what to pray, how to pray. And, and the scripture says that the spirit himself intercedes for us. Isn't that great? You got somebody who's already praying for you. You didn't even ask him. He's just doing it. Because he really loves you. He's really for you. He wants to reveal God more fully to you. Jesus more fully. The Father more fully. And so we're going to pray a prayer. It's, you know, it's on the back of your announcement sheet. It also, we have a slide there. So either way, you can take this with you. And, and I'd encourage you to pray this prayer kind of for you through the series, through this quarter. Make this kind of your prayer. It's a prayer that Paul prays. And it's interesting, he's praying for Christians in this prayer. He's writing to Christians. These are people who already have a relationship with Christ, and yet he's, he prays this prayer for them. It's a prayer for empowerment and for a filling of the Spirit and to know the love of God and to be filled in a greater measure. And so uh, I'm going to kind of pray it with, you know, over us, but I encourage you to pray. And it could be the first time you really ever even pray and invite Christ in. That'd be wonderful. And I'm going to, if you're comfortable, you don't have to do this, no pressure. And I'm going to have you close your eyes so you don't have to worry about people next to you. But I'm going to invite you just to open your your hands like this. Just open them out like this as I pray this prayer. And really, there's nothing magical or mysterious about this. But it, you know, we're embodied people. And so what our bodies do really matters, right? Kind of shapes our hearts. And, and, And this could be a sign maybe of our openness to the Spirit could be a, a sign of our surrender. We're offering up our fears, perhaps. Opening ourselves up to this third person of the Trinity who's at the table. Maybe letting go of control. Or maybe it's just a sign of, I really, yes, there's something I really need help with. And, and I'm acknowledging that it is the, the, the counselor, the come alongside, the paraclete with me and will help. So let's just open our hands up and our hearts up and I'll just read this prayer for us and then we'll let the worship team go from there. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches that he would strengthen me with power through his spirit in my inner being so that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith. And I pray that I, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that I may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. 
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all I ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within me, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.